Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Becky, Associate Pastor at Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. I am joined today with Pastor Jason Rensner, who is from Faith Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Pastor Mac Don McDonald, who is the pastor of Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois. I got a question for you guys real quick. When is Jesus coming back? <laughs> Maranatha, Maranatha. Do you remember that one where where I had a, a Christian reform pastor that would say in every prayer walk he did with a substitute, is a substitute preacher at Mount Greenwood Reformed Church. He'd say, Maranatha, Maranatha, Jesus come now. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the prayer of so many of us when we think about the coming of Jesus, because when Jesus does come for us who are in Christ, it, it's a day of celebration, a day of ultimate peace, a day of just going, amen, hallelujah, worthy is the lamb that was slain. I could get going to the book of Revelation real quick here. Can you feel the energy? Oh, um, yeah, 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 that, I can. That, that joy, that excitement of, as a Christian, when you say, when is Jesus returning? It's just like, can he come tomorrow? Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd settle for tonight, you know? I mean, yeah. it's, you know? <laughs> and I, and I, I realized that last time we put a sort of a moratorium on jokes, but have you ever have you heard the one about the pastor that was, uh, you know, preaching and he was proclaiming about the joys of heaven and, you know, talking about the paved streets of gold and how wonderful it's going to be in heaven. And gosh, you know, getting the congregation all whipped up. And, and he ended, he said, if you want to go to heaven, you know, raise your hand now. Of course, everybody shot their hand way up. They're all excited. We kind of looked in the first pew and saw that there was one guy that didn't have his hand up. And he said, what's the matter with you? After all I've said about the joys of heaven and about the paved streets of gold, and, and don't you want to go to heaven? He said, yeah, I want to go to heaven, but I thought you were getting up a group to go now. Ah. <laughs> hey, so maybe I should stop with the jokes. But, you no, know, that's okay. The jokes are good. They're good ones. I like that Don goes, boom, you know. Uh -huh. He's I, been doing that to me since we were, you know, teenagers. So, <laughs> Of course, the, the, the thought or the truth behind that joke is that People, we, we like to think about heaven and we like to think about Jesus coming back. But a lot of times we think, well, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not today. Maybe give me a couple more, you know, let me see this happen. Let me see grandchildren. Let me see, you know, and then I'll be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I think that that's a really interesting point, Jason. I, I remember hearing um, from a person who I've known probably, gosh, 30 years now. And um, there was something said about, like, Don, what you just talked about, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And, you know, yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. And then this person said something along the line, I just don't want him to come back before my, my family gets saved, you know, things like that. And that's, that's you know, something true that, that we want to be concerned about as well. So, um, but at the same time, you know, when we say Maranatha, which, by the way, means come, Lord, uh, that's what it means, Maranatha. 
when we say that, I, I, I've never felt guilty for saying that. You know, I, I, I want Jesus to come back. I want him to come back. Um, honestly, I, I, I believe in the fact that we are not going to get better in this world until Jesus comes back. I mean, there might be some ups and downs. Don't misunderstand me, but I think there are some uh, Christians who hold the idea that we're waiting for the big revival. And then when the big revival happens, then Jesus will come back. And I'm of the opinion that Jesus basically said, things are going to get worse and worse and worse. And then he'll come back. I mean, he, he referred to it in, in the gospels as, you know, when you hear about the wars and the rumors of war, um, don't worry, the end is not yet. These are just the beginning of birth pangs or birth pains. And what does that mean? That means labor pains, labor intensive. Like what happens in a, a childbirth is they get more and more intense and more and more frequent as time goes on, as the time for the birth nears. And that's kind of how I see it. How about you guys? Do you see it that way as well? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that, Right. One thing that's very clear in scripture is that uh, we can't um, be surprised, you know, about the, the world and be surprised about the moral decay. And the, not that God can't do great things to change all that. But I mean, yes, the, I think it's very clear that the world is going to get worse. Christianity, as we see it, I think, in our society today is being persecuted more. Um, well, maybe not more. Maybe that's always happened. But you know, we see that happening. And uh, like you referred to the wars and rumors of wars, those have been going on ever since, well, I mean, ever since Jesus said he was going to come again. I mean, those are signs, but yeah, I think that, I think we're headed there getting, well, getting closer every day. Yep. I, we're definitely I, closer today than we were last week. I, right. I, I think right. the hardest question to answer, especially to those who are new in the faith, is when do you see Jesus coming? I read through scripture and I see about wars and I see about famines and I see about all these, you know, if you want to go with the birth pains and the tremors, you know, when do you see, you know, Jesus coming? And, you know, I know, Pete, you said that somebody had set a date again for, you know, when Jesus is coming again. And, and I think the reality of it all in my estimation, I always tell the story about how my grandfather spent four years putting together a diagram of trying to figure out when Jesus is coming. And at the end of it all, he kept leaning into the reality of the brokenness of the world, but the ability of Jesus to come again and, and to solve it in one breath and in one moment. And that we have to live with that reality of it will happen when it happens. In the meanwhile, stay faithful to who you are called to stay faithful to, and that is Jesus is Lord. You know, I, I keep thinking about Peter, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13. I, was, I use that text a lot in funerals. I should have it memorized by now after all these years, but memory is not my gift. Uh, it says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to know what happens to those who die. Let me tell you again, we want you to know what happens to those who die. We don't want you to mourn as other people do. They mourn because they don't have any hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And when he returns, many who believe in him will have already died. We believe that God will bring them back with Jesus. 
This agrees with what the Lord has said. When the Lord comes, many of us will still be alive. We tell you that we who certainly not go up before those who have died. The Lord himself will come down from heaven. We will hear a loud command. We will hear the voice of the leader of the angels. We will hear a blast from God's trumpet. Many who believe in Christ will have already died. They will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them. We will be taken up in the clouds. We will meet the Lord in the air and we will be with him forever. So encourage one another with these words of comfort. Just think about Jesus coming, claiming those who have passed and claiming those who are alive in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye. It's such a powerful text. Yeah, right. Two things come to my mind with that was that, that we had a professor at the, where the seminary went at Concordia in St. Louis, that he was a the professor of revelation. And he just talked about how when Christ comes again for a moment, everybody's going to kind of be, oh, John, what's happening? It kind of, you know, might be a little bit of a terrifying moment. But then he can't, I can't do it as well as he did. He had such a beautiful way of, you know, but, oh, but then we're going to see Jesus. And, oh, everyone's just going to all oh, rejoice. And, oh, wow, how, how beautiful that's going to be. I like that idea. But then, you know, I think on the other on the other side of things, I think there are going to be those who aren't going to be so happy about it. Um, you know, there are yeah. there there truly is the other side where people who don't believe in Jesus, who don't um, worship him, are going to be separated from him. And that's sad. And again, that that goes to the that goes back to what I was saying about the person who told me, you know, they don't want Jesus to come back until their loved ones get saved and stuff. Well, you know, I I understand that. Um, but yeah, I I can't help but smile when Don when you were reading that. It's just like, oh, it's just such an encouragement. And I think I think that's the word that was even used in that scripture. Yeah. Encourage each other with these words. And I think that one of the things that has um, kind of bothered me a little bit in in certain circles is that it's almost gotten to be in some places in Christendom where if you're looking forward to that time, if you're looking forward to Jesus coming back, it's a form of what they're calling escapism. You know, we're trying to escape this world instead of instead of trying to make this world a better place. Well, you know what? Didn't Paul just say encourage each other because of the fact that he's coming back? That's the encouraging part is he's coming back. Um, I I don't know where some of the people get the idea that everything's going to be a lot better, but I've started hearing this um, idea probably 30 years or so ago, and I'm sure it goes back further than that, where it's going to be a worldwide revival before Jesus comes back. Now, I hope that there is a revival. Don't get me wrong, you know, but it might not be right in our backyard. Maybe it'll be in on the other side of the world from us, you know. And and honestly, we we hear some great stories coming out of you know certain places around the globe over the past uh, several years, a couple decades, especially that there are great revivals going on that that we here in the United States don't hear about. Of course, the you know. The, the secular media doesn't probably say a whole lot about it when it happens, but uh, uh, there are some good things happening around the world. So, yes, Jesus is coming back. But what the other thing is that bugs me is 
I really wish that people would quit trying to put a date and a time on it. Don, you referred to it just a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, we're recording this near the end of September. And it was just um, last week that we were hearing that it was going to be by this past Friday and or Saturday that Jesus is going to come back because of the number of days in the book of Daniel. And they went back and I think they, they started counting the days from the time that the um, world was shut down due to COVID. And after that, it came back this many days. You know, I guess I want to say whoever said that was the starting point of the days. You know, that's the kind of thing that gets to me. Well, and can't, I mean, can't we just shut that argument down right away when, you know, Jesus says, nobody knows the time or the day. The angels in heaven, he says, I don't even know the yep. day that the world's going to end. Only the Father knows. That's right. And I, I just think pulled, it, that, if, I pulled if that one up there. It's Matthew 24, 36. But about that hour, or that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, nor the, but only the Father. I'm sorry, Jason, I didn't mean to step on you there. Oh, no. But I mean, if the father doesn't know, I'm not sure that somebody on Facebook, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, if the son doesn't know, I'm not sure that somebody on Facebook ought to know. I think what I'm going to start doing, I told our senior pastor today, that I'm going to start every day, I'm going to post on my Facebook, Jesus is coming today. Jesus is then the next, and then one of those days, I might be right. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds pretty good, yeah. Yeah. And, and but see the other thing that I think about that is how does that discourage some people? You know, this is the I don't know how many times I've heard it in my life. Um I can go back, I, I still remember the title of a book, 88 Reasons that Jesus is coming back in 88. You remember yeah. that? That was 1988. You know, and I don't know that I ever read the book, but I, you know, I heard of it. I kept hearing about it, hearing about it preached. And it gets you to wonder. How many times is it going to be that you hear Jesus is coming back? Uh, no, he's not. Hey, Jesus is coming back. Is it? No, he didn't. Before they start getting discouraged. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, 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 I'd like to read from um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And this is Paul writing. And he said, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. And what gets me is the first part of that, that was verses uh, 1 through 4, the first part of that, um, especially going into verse 3, he says, don't let anybody deceive you in this way. In verse 2, he's saying, don't be unsettled, don't be alarmed. Apparently, there are these these rumors going around that there had been a a secret return of Christ or something. And sorry, guys, you missed it. Um, that, that really bothers me. And it's kind of the same thing when, when people say it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it doesn't happen. Um, it, it just seems that it sometimes does more harm than good. Like, I think, yeah, I think you could see how that could lead somebody to, yeah, I, I think in the early church, there was some, there was some expectation uh, that Jesus was going to return even in their, in many of those people's lifetimes. I think that was the expectation. And when it didn't happen, 
and then right and then keep happening then uh, you're right i think people got discouraged mm -hmm. and i think people can get discouraged in our world today it's not happening it's not ha oh if it's not happening maybe it's not going to happen yeah i think that's one of the one of the pitfalls that people can fall into sure i i think it is in the psyche of humankind to want to control when jesus is coming you know if we can control it then we can be like god of course i'm writing to genesis 3 right away <laughs> sin mind yeah. you um and and i think there's there is that part you know because really when when I'm, i remember talking to my grandfather at length about you know the process he went through and you know and the reason why was they had endured the dust storm they had i mean world war one world war two were right next to each other two major wars um there was the collapse of the stock market there was the famines the dust bowls i mean make a list of everything that happened from about 1914 up to about 1945 that was such a historical turbulent time that everybody's like, Jesus has got to be coming. And now here we are in what, 2023, almost a hundred years later, a little bit beyond when that began, and we're still waiting. And, and I think the thing that's important to me as I preach and teach about the second coming of Jesus is not so much the win and not so much the how, but the where. Where are you with Jesus in this journey? Where are you, you know, and I agree, Pete, uh, you know, when I preach about the judgment of God coming in and through Jesus for the Christian, it's rock and roll time, the banqueting table set, let's party, you know. But for those who are not in Christ, I always challenge my people when I'm preaching, begin with prayer begin with sadness, begin with grieving, because they're not going to be where you are if you are in Christ. So it's more like anticipating the coming of Jesus, anticipating that new kingdom, anticipating no more pain, no more crying, no more, you know, the old order of things has passed away, and I'm sitting on the throne making everything new. Revelation 21, around verse 4 there as it goes there. And, and I think in my mind, Yes, we anticipate Jesus coming, and we should. We should. That's the power and the hope of the faith. But in the meanwhile, do you have somebody in your life mm -hmm. that needs to know your Lord and Savior? It, yeah, and I think that's exactly you hit it there with the, you know, in the meantime, you know, what are we to do in the meantime? Yeah. yeah. Um, I try to use the illustration for people that, you know, that, that, Twinkling of the eye, the blast of the last trumpet, not only means our salvation, but it means other people's damnation, right? I mean, that they're, you know, people kind of live with this idea of, of a second chance, that somehow people are going to get a second chance. And, and either you die physically, and that's your judgment day, or Christ is going to come again with that blast of the trumpet, and that's going to be your judgment day. So, you know, I think that we as Christian people, we, we know we're set. We have Christ. He died for us. Our sins are forgiven. Heaven is our home, you know, and that's great. 
but like you said, what about the or Mac? What you, what about the other people? You know, right. what about right. them? It, when you when you look around Walmart, everybody and everybody that's born in this world is eternal. There's not one person that has been born that's not eternal. And there's only two places where people are going to spend eternity. And so why we are waiting, what what is our, I mean, our job to do is to be secure in our salvation, but also, right, to, boy, gosh, go out, proclaim the word so that there's going to be, that there'll be more people with us instead of not. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, think, that, I think, Pete, you touched on a lot of premillennial thought. Because when I was at Trinity, they're very much in their eschatology, the end times. That's what eschatology is. It's a theology of end times, eschatology, that everyone needs to hear and have a chance to say Jesus is Lord. And after everyone is heard, then Jesus will come. And and I always had a hard time with that theology because in one breath, you're saying you can control when Jesus is coming by proclaiming jesus to everyone and yet you know now we have the internet now mm-hmm. look at look at all the you know i'm going thing about the printing press to radio to tv to internet and how the word is getting out and yet you know not everyone's heard it yet mm-hmm. and, i've and- always heard that the the jesus said the word must first be, or this gospel must be proclaimed in all nations. Right. And, you know, that was one of Jesus's words. Or one of Jesus's, what Jesus himself said. And I have, now this is me, you know, not everybody may see it this way, but I do. I have said that, Don, when you and I met, Jason, when you and I met back in like the early 80s, Don, you and I met in the 70s. We could not at that time say that the gospel had been preached to the entire world. Right. But with the internet, people could listen to this podcast of ours as soon as it's uploaded anywhere in the world. Yeah. And we can say that the gospel has indeed been preached in all nations. So to me, that's something that we might not know the day or the hour, but Jesus also said, look at the fig tree, you know, when, you know, it's, it's leaves are there and it's in bloom that the, that the, that it's almost a time for the figs, you know, that it's almost times. Look at the signs of the times he's saying, look around you. And I think that we can see that there's good reason to believe that he could come back sooner rather than later. Obviously, as I said before, sooner than, than he, it's sooner now than it would have been 20 or 30, 40 years ago. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know for sure, but I look at these signs and I say, you know, this the season appears to be near anyway. That's how I look at it. I don't know if you guys see it the same way or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that I mean, the season is near um, like the I don't know. It's what it's harvest time around, you know, mm-hmm. the, the country right now. And there's some uh, some farmers that are out harvesting. Some others are still kind of waiting to see what is going to happen. You know, that uh, the season, the farming season is a the harvesting season is upon us. But. When, when is when is the harvest going to take place? Right. Nobody really I mean, nobody really knows. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have an annually on earth, of course, when you talk about harvesting plants, but Jesus was talking, you know, metaphorically about, you know, looking at the signs of the times and you can tell based on all these things that are happening um, that it is near. He has said it is near. He said soon. He never said it will be such and such a day. You know, he did okay. say, we already mentioned about that. Even the sun does not know the day or the hour, but mm -hmm. one thing he did say is, be ready. That is always the time. We don't know when it will be, but we need to be ready at any time. And I've been thinking about that. And one of my probably theme verses in the last 10 years of ministry is James 1, starting at verse 2, where it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. You know, we wonder when Jesus is coming. We're living through these trials. And yet, what is the goal of the trials? It's to have your faith grow to be ready for when Jesus comes. It, it, it's a perseverance, it's a maturity. And, you know, and, and I think that's the thing that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, okay, you guys are talking about Jesus coming again, you're talking about how that will be complete for you. But I'm still dealing with why COVID. I'm still dealing with a loved one who has cancer. I'm still dealing with all these things, and yet you're saying Jesus is coming. And and the only main retort I always have is God is still on the throne. He's still in control. He's still caring for you. Yes, in your trials, in your hurt, the joy part is that inner contentment, knowing that God is there still watching over you before Jesus comes. And, yeah. and to me, that, you know, that that's the point of being on the edge of the stage saying Jesus is coming tomorrow, you know, like you were saying, Jason, so beautifully, I'm just going to put Jesus come today on my Facebook lead. Why? Because I want to be on that edge of the stage knowing he's coming. And when he comes, what a time it will be. But in the meanwhile, proclaim Jesus. In the meanwhile, walk with your faith so that you persevere with the joy of knowing Jesus, praying that as you show walking in Jesus in your trials, others will come to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think people get get hung up on that was very well said. I think people get hung up on the um the whole be ready part too. And they think to themselves, oh gosh, you know, it, when I go on a trip, what do I have to do to be ready? I have to pack my bags and I have to change the oil in the car and I have to make sure that somebody's going to collect the ma uh, mail. I need to get the dog in the kennel, you know. What, right. what do we, so I think that for some people, that's a terrifying concept that says, well, you know, be ready. Well, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's right. that's how you're ready. You've been prepared by Jesus. He's got that place prepared for you forever in heaven. Mm -hmm. I know I know what the old the old thing there, you know, if I was to, to die tonight, I know that I'd go yes. to heaven. Right. Because I've been prepared because of the faith given to me to believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. The joy of evangelism explosion. I remember. Yeah, that. Well, is that right? Huh? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how wide that went. You know, that was. You know. 
<laughs> that was a long time ago. Yes, it was. I, I didn't know we were going to head in this particular direction, but Jason, what you said is so so important, so good. Um, that I just wanted to share a little bit what where, where that brought my mind right now is because Jesus himself talked about the parable where the servant was put in charge of his master's things while he went away on a long, long trip. And he said, what's he going to do to this to this uh, servant if if he finds that he's been beating his fellow servants and going out and carousing and, and eating and drinking? Um, he, he's not going to put up with him. He's going to be thrown out into the darkness, he says. But blessed is is the one who, the, when the master comes back, finds the servant doing what he's been told to do. And, and what I like about that is, we're supposed to be telling people about Jesus. We're supposed to be helping people be reconciled to the Lord. And that's how we be ready. It's not so much, you know, um, you know, are my clothes on right? Are my, you know, I have do I have my 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 um right clothes on for this? Do I have you know enough Bible reading done for yeah, we want to do that stuff. Don't misunderstand, don't misunderstand. We want to be we want to be how do I say just making our relationship with Jesus stronger and stronger all the time. But at the same time, we do want to be about his work. And that's what Jesus has asked us to do. He's asked us to, you know, go out and share the gospel with others. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking, you know, he, did you ever hear about the time when Jesus, you know, he talks about don't let the master come back and find you sleeping. Did you ever get worried that, you know, if Jesus comes back and it's in an instant, half of the world is going to be in the middle of the night? Yeah. You know, just think about that. And then and, and I don't I don't I don't want to, you know, make light of that because when I was younger as a Christian, I used to get worried about that stuff. You know, what if I'm asleep? You know, well, three in the uh, three in the uh morning, you might supposed to be asleep. And if that's what you're supposed to be doing, you're doing what Jesus wants you to be doing, you know? Yeah. And the the point is. Have you been doing regularly what he wants you to do? Have you been carrying out faithfully the things that he's asked you to do? Not, you know, gosh, he found you at a time when when you're taking a rest or you're eating a meal or you're, you're asleep because you're supposed to be. Um, you know, the bottom line is what's that relationship? We're supposed to be making sure that relationship between he and us is is solid. And remember, it's not about what we do to make that relationship. It's about his grace. Because we are his children. You know, it's just like, yeah, we as children might sometime go somewhat against God. Hopefully not often. Hopefully we don't try to, but it will happen. But just like we don't disown our children, we're all parents. We don't disown our children every time they they step out of line. We love them. You know, we hope to bring them back to the way that, um, that we'd like to see them be, but we're going to love them. Yeah. And they're still our kids. The only way they're not our kids is if they choose on their own to say, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. And, right. Right. And that's exactly right. How faith operates. Right. Faith yep. is a gift given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we cannot that that is a gift that has been given to us. Nothing that we produced on our own. But you're right, Pee Wee. That's the one thing that we can do <laughs> is that we can say, never mind, Holy Spirit, never mind, God, I don't want you. I don't need you. And that's unbelief. Mm -hmm. I I think going back to the original question, when is Jesus returning? Is what think, was the original question? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know, but I think we're answering it in a way that says 
it's all right to ask that question, but understand that probably the more important response is just be busy doing kingdom work. Just be busy working in the kingdom, you know, like the master. You don't know when the master is going to come back. It's good to ask the question, when is Jesus returning? Because it puts attention in our faith walk saying, man, that could be right now. It That is healthy, hopeful walking. I've got no problem saying the question, when is Jesus returning? But as I ask that question, I'm also going to be saying, but Lord, find me busy doing your work. Find me busy changing people's lives. Find me busy teaching people what perseverance and joy means as you face trials of many kinds. Find me busy as I'm asking the question, when is Jesus returning? Yeah, nice. The fruits of faith. Yeah, I mean, yes. showing the fruits of faith. Amen. That was good. Yeah, that was very good. I'm going yeah, to use like that. that. I'm going to use like that, that sometime. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for, too. And 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 then uh, Jason, since you're you're from the Lutheran tradition, um, I, I seem to recall this, and maybe I'm way off base. And please tell me if I am, or maybe you haven't heard it before. That Martin Luther said something along the lines that if I thought Jesus was coming back tomorrow, I would plant a tree today. Is there something like that? There's something. Yes, I think you're right. I, I don't know the exact quote either, but there is something like that. And I think that's exactly what Don was. I mean, that's exactly what he was saying. Is that right? Find me doing your your the work of your kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the bottom line is, when is Jesus returning? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we I think we're talking about the fact that it could be any time. And I do think that it's, I mean, it's obviously, if you're just being logical, it's obviously closer now than it was at the start of our podcast tonight. But, um, you know, the point being, I think that there are signs showing that, that, you know, it could be sooner rather than later. But you know what? If it's not for another thousand years, guess what? Jesus is still on the throne. Don, you said it so well, you know, And, and we need to be about our master's business. And we need to be, you know, just just keeping that relationship with him good. And we need to be sharing this gospel with people. And and folks, let me just say that if you're listening to this podcast and you have never asked Jesus into your life, there's no better time than right now to do it. And it's not about us. It's about us. It's about rather us submitting ourselves to him and giving him that lordship, that authority in our lives. And we might do it separate, different ways, whether the Lutheran tradition or Nazarene or, 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 or Reformed Church. But the bottom line is, it's a surrender to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's and a surrender to Jesus. And we still, we still have, as long as we're breathing, as long as we're living, we still have a, a second chance. Yep, right. absolutely. Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining us or for being with me today. Uh, I would say very thing. one thing though that this this time goes way too fast. Yeah, it does. It does, and we we that's why we keep doing it. We keep doing more and more of these, you know. And uh, yeah. I think we're on number one hundred sixty-seven now, and oh. uh, and that's that's pretty good. We like that. But uh, I do want to thank uh, you two guys, uh, Jason Rensner, who's the pastor or associate pastor, I guess is the better way of saying yes, it uh-huh. at at Faith. Uh, Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Don McDonald, who is the pastor at uh, Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois. 
Semi-retired, Pete. I'm just yeah. semi-retired. You know? You're semi-retired. I, I keep saying semi, then I say retired, then whatever. <laughs> You're still there. That's the bottom line. <laughs> you, my, daughter's, you, my daughter says there's no difference between me being semi-retired and still doing ministry. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. well, you know, that's the way it is, you know, and, and I've heard that kind of thing all over the place, but uh, that's the way it is. And for me, I'm still associate, adjunct associate pastor, I should you. say at uh, Christway Community Church at uh, Pleasantville, Ohio. And it's good to have you with us for Reconciling Grace. And Lord willing, we'll hear you again, or you'll hear us again next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.